Hi, everyone. So we are swiftly and quietly moving into the world of rapidly increasing on-demand mobility and transitioning towards electric and even autonomous cars. And what does that mean for us as daily commuters and, of course, car users? What will we be doing in a car if we don't have to drive it? Pretty crazy thought, right? So today we all see drivers as car users, and we're going to see a future where car users will be referred to as just passengers. So Loretti CEO uh, Marcus Paletti is all into building a technology that focuses on the passenger experience and to make journeys productive, connected, and of course, secure. So in this episode, we will explore the mind and model of Loretti and how they plan to play a role in the next generation of mobility. So I'm so excited that you're here, Marcus. You're super interesting. We had an amazing conversation before this recording and you have a lot to share. So from what I understand, passenger experience is a central focus of your company, but you are also producing cars and software technologies to power it. So please, if you can, decode that for me and explain to me how it actually all works. Thanks, Nicole. Thanks for having me. So yeah, you're right. Uh, there's a lot to cover in here. Passenger experience is the driving force um, that is shaping the mobility business. Uh, both in word and spirit, uh, Loretta is all about creating the end-to-end -end mobility experience for passengers. Um, if you look at mobility in general today, travel in general, it's fragmented and unproductive, uh, especially when an international trip with multiple legs of journey is involved. Mm -hmm. And um, let's look at the corporate travel itself. Um, it's, uh, it's full of expensive bills and there's a huge impact on health and wellness. And corporate travel has been desperately looking for a solution for the last, last decade or so. And you have the, uh, you have the rise of on-demand mobility where especially when it comes to urban areas, we're seeing a decline in private ownership. Um, and you see uh, the rise of AI and autonomous uh, technologies that are quickly building up, which is minimizing the role of the driver and putting more emphasis on the passenger. So if you don't have to drive a car again, mm -hmm. what would you do inside it? So mm -hmm. we literally started with, with the belief that mobility can be harnessed as a useful tool rather than um, a stressful necessity, which is what it is today. And um, our vision is to create that passenger experience uh, to for a seamless, productive, and accessible way to uh, uh, to enjoy mobility. Now, you asked a question about, you know, to decode, you know, why are we doing, why are you focusing on both software technologies and the, and the vehicle? Mm -hmm. So being a traditional auto company or a software company alone, we can't achieve this experience that we wanted to create for passengers you know, because software companies they focus on building software for certain uh, use cases but you also have other companies they purely focus on uh, on cars um what they, there's, there's nothing wrong with isolating your focus and specializing in these key areas uh, you know but what's missing in the industry is the integrated perspective um, where you can combine these hardware, software, and service elements uh, to bring up, uh, the, the, you know, to to be able to design an experience that is that is focused on the commuters and passengers. Mm -hmm. um, for that, 
we have to combine a lot of these elements and our solution is um is is very you know it's a um it's it's unique because we're not building the entire car we are focusing on what really matters to the occupant inside the car and the passenger for end-to-end -end mobility mm -hmm. so we build business class, business class cabins with our proprietary design and technology we where we install inside the partner vehicles so we 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 source electric vehicles from the um, uh, OEM partners, which is the car brands, mm -hmm. and we install our own cabins inside it and power them with our technology. So that way, we're focusing purely on what matters inside, mm -hmm. the, uh, in, inside the uh, inside the cabin. Amazing, really interesting, actually. But I'm really thinking as you uh, mention all that that why do car companies why are they missing out on building something like this if it's so amazing um because they can easily do it right if they want but why aren't they moving fast why aren't they taking advantage of this technology and implementing it no, no disrespect to the uh, big oems but mm -hmm. car companies are known for being notoriously bad at in, uh, innovation mm -hmm. um, they're very good at you know improving what they already do um and a good example for that is you know, an outsider like Tesla had to show us what an electric car is. Mm -hmm. You know, what happened to all the legacy brands, right? So today, when one thinks about electric car, it's always going to be Tesla. Definitely. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, in order to create something like this, you have to, um, you have to divert your focus outside of what you do, right? So um, you need to create, I mean, th this means that we have to create a compelling ecosystem. Mm -hmm which means a lot of outside the car thinking is necessary. Mm -hmm. But the OEMs do not want to lose this focus. And that's the problem today. I mean, it's also an opportunity for guys like us, right? At the moment, yeah. uh, the, I mean, I would say that we are industry first, if not very few in the world, to focus on creating this sort of ecosystem purely focused on passenger or, or the mobility user mm. and purely looking at not just today, what that future mobility will be in four to five years time or six years six years from now and catering for the needs of that um, uh, that future you right yeah so, um, so but that's all going to change sorry mm -hmm. um as far as the OEMs are concerned um i believe it won't be their focus in anytime soon um mm -hmm. creating something like this um I, I also believe that's that's all going to change in a few years because we, we will see, like I said, um, uh, private ownership of cars will eclipse the mm -hmm. on-demand mobility. Sorry, we will be eclipsed by the on-demand on mobility by the end of this decade. Yeah, no, I'm just, as you're saying all this, it feels like they have the mentality of very product-focused, where you are people-focused, right? So they're just focused on what they know to do but you are really focusing on a broader how does the passenger feel and the experience, right? You're, you're totally right. So when you look at it from the passenger experience point of view, mm -hmm. the whole new world opens up. So what do you believe is the concept that Loretti is getting right about the future of mobility that other play, players are missing out on? Uh, there are quite a few. <laughs> I can I can list I can list a lot of them, but I'll stick to the uh, the top mm -hmm. three or four. Um, the new guys in the town. So. Um, if, if you're starting an EV business or even a new mobility business, when you look at competitors, you usually write down the top OEMs being your, your competitors. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so irrelevant because 
um, you see companies like Apple, um, Huawei, Oppo, uh, Xiaomi, Sony, um, all these companies are the software companies or even the hardware companies, mm-hmm. no, uh, sorry, hardware meaning the, the phone companies. Mm-hmm. But cars are the last thing that come to your mind. But these companies have um, uh, AV programs and EV programs at the moment. Like mm-hmm. they're building their own cars and autonomous vehicle programs and electric vehicle programs. Um, I think that's a very big question. And a lot of, um, I don't know how much uh, but the OEMs or people in electric vehicle industry take, you know, consider this to be a serious competition, but they are going to change the game. That's the first bit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, we, we should ask, you know, why are these people coming into the mobility space, especially when they don't have anything to do with auto business? Mm-hmm. That they think, they see that, you know, the future of mobility is not about a vehicle or metal structure that takes you from place to place. It's about using, leveraging, the, uh, the digital technologies to create that experience. And I think they also understand that it's about making mobility work for people. That's the first one. The, and I think in a few years time, I believe um, we see a market where a lot of auto, auto OEMs uh, will be forced, uh, will not continue as auto OEMs. Uh, you can't simply continue like that because to some degree they all have to become mobility as a service models uh, because of uh, rising or increasing on-demand mobility. And then the last hundred years, um, cars have always been about the, uh, you know, uh, about the driver. Mm-hmm. Going forward, the next hundred will be about the passenger. So it all comes down, comes back to the, the central question. Well, the driver's role is minimized and how would you, you know, see a car being used? And that's the third bit, I, I think it's not catching on uh, as quickly. Um, there are many reasons to it. Um, and then there is the fourth factor, which is in order to, um, it, so this 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 passenger experience economy will, will lead up to a trillion dollar market very soon. Mm-hmm. And that's basically our, um, you know, our calculation. And, um, and then, and and the next 50 to 60 years will be dominated by passenger experience economy. And what we're seeing here is, you know, when you look at our business model, um, as, uh, at the beginning of this, we talked about, are uh, we focusing just on the business class? It's not. Mm-hmm. We're actually trying to make it accessible to a wider population. Um, so there is a time we're looking at nice to have to must have. Mm-hmm. There's a journey there. Although we're focusing on, the the initial adapters early adopters right almost mm-hmm. and there's going to be a time there's going to be a must-have thing but the curve will will rapidly catch on so we're just looking at you know a few years rather than a few decades for this to for this to be available so basically it's a it's a difference between is it going to be a status symbol mm-hmm. or a smart device mm-hmm. it's not a status symbol it's definitely a smart device so that's how it's been you know i think the, the the major perspective that I can contribute here is look at Tesla today. Look at Apple today. Apple has certain market share. You know, the remaining market is for the Android market. Within that Android market, you have uh, companies like Samsung and Sony mm-hmm. and all these mm-hmm. different companies operating in it. And that is what uh, the market is today. You have Tesla on one side. You have mm-hmm. all the other brands on the other side, right? So, and when, when you're operating in that business like that, 
you know, you have to focus on the ecosystem and, you know, creating that smart device material. I mean, these are the factors that we're getting right, we believe. Uh, this will be the driving factor to to grow our brand. Mm -hmm. Amazing. It's really exciting, actually. It's exciting to hear and that it's kind of coming around perhaps faster than what um, people might think. And it might be a bit of a shock in the industry a little bit as it kind of catches on, do you think? I think so. Um, hopefully this will be, I think, I mean, I, I feel, I, I hope that people will really um, adapt this thinking and see closely see the validation points and how things are evolving um, so that we don't miss out on big opportunities and yeah. especially when we have the time to improve stuff there's a lot of opportunity for collaborations i really hope that people can when i say people other companies and competitors would recognize this opportunity to build collaborations absolutely yeah yeah amazing and with the news about the recession uh supply chain issues the war, of course, the world's gone a little bit crazy, the interest rates. Uh, what do you think is the impact on Loretti now or for the future? Frankly speaking, my arms are wide open uh, to welcome the recession. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a strange thing to say. Um, we're looking at a lot of silver linings in all of this. Uh, I believe this will be the time to accelerate the growth of Loretti. On the on the 9th of August, I think it's the IMF that came out and said, "Well, this is this is the kind of recession they referred mm -hmm. to the one in 1940s." Mm -hmm. And um, I had to read a book about that really <laughs> that night to, to understand what that really meant. Yeah. Um, so you know we have is so it's not it's a multifactorial um, driver, mm -hmm. and what's driving this recession is quite multifactorial, mm -hmm. and. <clears throat> The th that's what is unique about this, and that means it's a lot of opportunity. There's a lot of room for innovation here, mm -hmm. and you know we refer to you know let's go back to the last recession, mm -hmm. and you have companies like Uber and Airbnb that came out of the recession because people people are people are people would accept radical ideas when when we go into crisis like this. hundred percent, right? So mm -hmm. that is where, you know, you have service businesses, especially when, when I don't have to buy a car and I can access this sort of convenience just by paying a small amount of money. I can delay mm -hmm. the purchase later, for later. Mm -hmm. I can pay certain luxuries for later. Mm -hmm. But if I need one, it's always available on demand. And that is where you will see a lot of on-demand um, uh, services. Uh, you know, it's going to be a breeding ground for this. And then you have um, the impact on production lines, especially the supply side of it, um, the the OEMs, the, the big guys will see, um, you know, uh, will we'll see a huge impact on all of this. But I think for us, because we are not focusing on building the entire car, but actually making it more useful. Yeah. So On-demand services without, you know, putting out, powering, powered by technology, mm -hmm. I think there's a huge opportunity for us there. And then, um, you know, lastly, like I said, you know, people's behavior um, usually changes you know, when we go through and, and open to uh, new models when we go through a situation like this. And these are all the nice silver linings that we're looking at at the moment. Yeah, amazing. It sounds like really great timing for you. Uh, obviously, not, not for everyone, but for Loretti, perhaps this recession and everything is a great 
opportunity in the market. And also what you said about, and I really, really loved it actually, when we're going through war and recession, or even if you're in a small country and location, what I have seen at least is that that's where some of the biggest innovation happens when you're forced to think, when, it, when we're forced to use our brains to be innovative, that's where the most beautiful things can happen. So I think that's where you guys are at, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, it, it increases the resourcefulness. And we think creatively with minimal resources. So that's what I love about startups. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's an exciting journey. You know how it is, you know. Very exciting, very exciting. So, so you guys have been working on this for how long? 2018. Um, 2017, the first, the idea was conceived back in 2017, but 2018, we've formally named and um, continued from then on, yeah. Okay, so, amazing. <laughs> the time kind of goes fast, though, uh, I'm sure for you as well and the company. So I heard that Loretti actually first started as an EV company, and then you guys basically changed the model completely. Could you share and tell a little bit about that story and that transition? Right. It'll slightly touch upon my personal side. Mm -hmm. So um, when we first started, it was purely an electric vehicle company, and the idea was to create um, create a, a vehicle from scratch and focus I mean, the entire focus on the emerging markets. At the time, we were talking to the Indian government and, you know, that was our primary focus. So six months down the line, I was sitting there and thinking, well, we're another EV company. Uh, now we go out and shout that, hey, you know, we, we are Tesla competitors and of course we can attract some capital. So we figured out all of that. And I, I think that's, that was the soul searching moment for me. Mm -hmm. I said, well, you have the competitor slide. I put all the competitors and I saw Tesla there, right? So of course Tesla is the is the market leader, and then I put him <laughs> as, mm -hmm. as a competitor. It didn't feel right. How am I even how am I even a competitor to this guy? I mean to to Tesla. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it like that, I I don't qualify any of the OEMs today, um, any of the car brands today that can match with or uh, that can put themselves as competitors to Tesla. But that was that was an eye-opener for me. You know, I imagine a situation like this. Okay, imagine Mr. Musk comes to me and says, okay, Marcus, let's forget about the competition. Here are the keys to Tesla. <laughs> right? So I want you to operate, right? I'll come back in 10 years' time. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for 10 year vaca vacation, but here's a condition. I want you to run as good as me. People shouldn't realize that I wasn't even there. Yeah. So go and do it. So I just imagined that scenario and I said, well, can I really do it? Of course not. <laughs> it's I think a quick you can. I think you can, although I don't Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's no way. I mean, yeah. this is a guy yeah. who actually studied every nut and bolt in the, you know, he's a forensic uh, investigator in building this business. So there is no way I can match up. I mean, not just me, a lot of people can't, you know, but that opened up a thought. Yeah. I said, well, I that really made me feel like, you know, we don't have anything unique to contribute. Mm -hmm. other than just taking a, taking a slice of that exciting market share. Yeah. Then we said, what's missing today? It's, you know, again, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a whole lot of soul searching exercise, mm -hmm. but I always focused on, I got into a lot of vehicles during the, during the study, mm -hmm. understanding the business and nobody really improved. I mean, I looked at the seats, the back seats, the rear seats in the car, mm -hmm. 40 years ago, 20 years ago, and now, and among different brands, you know, mm -hmm. whether you take luxury brands to normal, mm -hmm. uh, the ones that you saw see in Uber, mm -hmm. they all the same. 
Yeah, it's all the same. You're right. I never thought about it, to be honest. Like, it's so, all the same. It's not so comfortable either. Yeah. And and I was, I was sitting there. At this point, I was kind of pissed off because, you know, I was traveling in this, you know, XC90 Volvo. Mm -hmm. And they had all these nice gadgets to the driver. Mm -hmm. And he was supposed to be, I mean, you, you know how it is when you go to emerging markets, especially places like India, you have a car, you have to drive with it. And mm -hmm. I'm sitting there just getting bored, you know, an hour and a half journey, just thinking, yeah, how am I going to spend, all you can do is just use your phone, right? Yeah. And yes. nice gadgetry, you can control the music, you can control the aircon, you can, you have this, you know, nice iPad, iPad sitting there in extreme. And I was like, okay, I'm, I'm getting bored to hell. I'm paying for the car, but he's enjoying all of that. How is that even fair? Yeah, so, what's in it for me? What's in it for me as the passenger? Yeah, so then, then that's when you know that that's back in 2017. That's um that's when things start to change. Mm -hmm. In 2018, it sort of disturbed me so much that we had to change the you know, knock it down and build the entire business model. And um, that's 2019. It's when we created Mira. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the creation of our technology. I love that. I really love that journey as well. Just showing the real entrepreneurial spirit uh, because sometimes people get hung up on an idea, especially when you put your, your, your love and passion into it. But the pivot that you've made in seeing the gap is, is amazing. Um, it's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I mean, we can't be married to ideas. We, because ideas always develop and change mm -hmm. replaced. Uh, we have to be open to listening and learning. And that's, that's something I learned. Yes. And something benefited me. You know, so Definitely. Uh, and now we are, and I can't believe it, at the end of the third quarter of this year. So what can you share about uh, your progress so far, like coming towards the end of the year, really? Yeah, there's been a tremendous progress in the on the R&D side of the business uh, this year, which I'm really pleased about. Mm -hmm. Um they, there's also a huge learning curve as well in, in working with partner sites outside of Loretti for me. Um, we landed, I mean, just this year, we landed some commercial partners. We landed uh, uh, some OEM partners who we, we, you know, we were very close to basically announcing as soon as we signed the paperwork. Mm -hmm. And so we saw a lot of interest. Actually, we that materialized into 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 contracts um we, we saw a lot of a lot of interest from multimodal players mm -hmm. which is modes of transport looking to use that technology like trains and hyperloop businesses wow. uh you know for their for their uh for their passenger use cases mm -hmm. and although surprising i'm really excited about that prospect i mean this is something we we're predicting anyway because a lot of technologies that you develop in a certain sector can be cross-pollinated in other areas mm -hmm. and there's an avenue for it Mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's been our progress so far um, but in the next six months we're looking at launching a pilot uh, where we install the entire Loretti experience in taxis in London mm -hmm. where people can sign up and experience it and of course we're looking to put out our app so uh, if you're a corporate customer just sign up and experience that you know of course Amazing. and and how um someone listening now how will they be updated for that because uh how can they kind of keep following your journey um is it through your website your social media how how do it's, they it's all on our website and um we will be putting out a lot of um social media channels and mm -hmm. a lot of you know as soon as we move into our new partner uh, new partner facilities mm -hmm. uh, we'll keeping a continuous updates and stuff but you know most of that through our website it's all in there 
Amazing. Okay. Um, and that will be everyone, by the way, in the show notes of this. So please check it out, go into the website, uh, see what's the latest news and it will always be updated. And uh, in, in terms of uh, milestones, can you share some hits or even misses uh, or the ones that really challenged you over this past, I guess, three years or three and a half years, four years? Yeah, um, especially bringing the the, the main challenge for us is bringing that, you know, hardware factor, synchronizing that hardware and software factor has been a big challenge for us. We're still trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. um, again, the milestones, I'll, I'll go back to the commercial contracts mm -hmm. and the uh, strategic partnership co uh, contracts we were about to land mm -hmm. and some we landed. And in terms of some missed opportunities, there are a couple of missed opportunities because um, there was due to COVID and also the lag in, in in how the investment market is right now. So there's been a bit of a lag mm -hmm. in, in all that we wanted to achieve, which is the pilot program by the end of this year, mm -hmm. but it's slightly delayed. It's not entirely missed, but we missed out the window of opportunity to put out this year. That means we have to extend it for the next six months. But, yeah, okay. Um, things, are, things are progressing and uh, we're pushing uh, real hard. And yeah, it'll be, uh, you, you'll be seeing something, you'll be experiencing something very, very soon. But you have to be in London, Nicole. I, I will, I, <laughs> yes. I'm coming, no, I'm coming to see what's your going family. on. Yeah, yeah, bring your family, just experience. We are just going to all sit in a passenger seat of a taxi. Yeah. That's yeah. my aim. <laughs> no, listen, thank you so much, Marcus. It's been really inspiring, very interesting, and I wish you all the best. And I will definitely be um, keeping updated as will uh, the audience, I'm sure. So thank you so much for sharing your business with us. Thank you for having me. It's, it's been great. No, great questions, great insights. I really enjoyed that. Thanks so much. Bye for now. Bye-bye.